Welcome to the Panda Babes podcast. I'm your host, Kate, and today's guest is my friend Liz, who tells us the birth story of her sweet baby Bennett. Liz's story is full of details that brought me right back to the delivery room and took turns even she was not prepared for. But her emotion and realness brought so much to our conversation. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Welcome to the Panda Babes podcast. Uh, today, I have the pleasure of having my friend Liz on today to tell her birth story. Liz, how are you? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? Good, good. I'm really excited to hear your story. I, uh, I know you've been kind of reviewing it and prepping a little bit, so I'm excited to hear how you became Bennett's mom. <laughs> I am excited <laughs> to tell you. Um, you know, I had a lot of feelings about it after everything was done and I went home from the hospital and it was, I don't know if shell shock is the right word, but it was, mm-hmm. you know, it felt a bit traumatic, um, mm-hmm. not to like give away the the whole story, um, but going through this process, you know, of writing everything down and, and revisiting the notes that I had made in the hospital, I had not looked at until today. Um, oh, wow. And so it was, yeah, it's been a really really nice to go through and remember all of the things that happened <laughs> and Good. all of all of the feelings like that whole roller coaster um mm-hmm. of of that time it was um pretty real <laughs> it was <laughs> absolutely it was a major event and and so it's thank you for giving me the opportunity to do that and to share you know this moment in our lives uh with you guys absolutely and i i appreciate you trusting me to help you share it with the world so before we travel down memory lane, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I am uh, a geriatric mom. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I am uh, 40, and this, I think that influences a lot of, of you know, my pregnancy and delivery, et cetera. Um, but I live with my mm-hmm. partner um, and now son in a rural part of Oregon. This is our first baby. So this was, this was all very new this whole experience was, you know, an interesting one that I don't have anything to compare it to. Right. What a, what a point of reference. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I know. Great. Where will we be starting your story today? Yeah. So I think, you know, like everyone else, for me, it really starts, you know, in March of last year being well, I think into the fifth month of my pregnancy. And at that point, it had been a struggle um, just being pregnant. It was, you know, a lot of doctor's visits and a lot of time in bed. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I um, had a, you know, the, the typical pretty extreme nausea the first trimester. Oh, um, and so I just was home all the time and was lucky that I had a job that was flexible enough to let me you know, do what I needed to do for the pregnancy. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, mid-March, we're like getting, getting later into the pregnancy and all hell breaks loose. (laughs) It's like our office gets shut down. Um, You know, I was working, you know, a job that's technically considered essential. So Mm -hmm. I was fortunate that I didn't get laid off. You know, my partner is, he, he is also an essential worker, um, but he works with the public so mm-hmm. he, he was out in a, in a public facing role. So I think as everyone else has expressed, it was like the, the, the unknown was completely mm-hmm. unnerving. 
and Absolutely. not knowing how to protect ourselves as, as pregnant people in this situation where they don't know how it affects us. They don't know how it affects the baby. So that added like this extra layer of stress onto what was already somewhat of a difficult pregnancy. So, you know, in addition to Absolutely. being like the geriatric pregnancy, right? Like, so they had already mm-hmm. pushed me into the high risk doctor. Um, you know, I have PCOS. I wasn't even supposed to be able to get pregnant without like major intervention. Wow. Um, yeah. So luckily, I mean, I had, I had gone on this, this route of becoming a healthier person, um, eating a specific diet that like ended up regulating my hormones well enough to where we had like an oops pregnancy, which turned out oh to gosh. be the greatest thing ever. I mean, we were like, uh-huh. I wanted to have a baby, you know, and so did my partner. And, and so when it happened, we were totally stunned, but like elated. I'll bet. And <laughs> yeah. So, um, so there was that, that, you know, my, because of that, the PCOS and stuff, my, my doctor had already been like running me through the glucose tests. Like I did three mm-hmm. of them and turns out oh, everything wow. was fine. I also have a connective tissue disorder that can cause in some cases like really early labor. So I was, you know, going to the high risk clinic. I think it was every two weeks between weeks 16 to 26. Um, oh, wow. So I got mm-hmm. a lot of ultrasounds, a lot of cervical checks, like the, like the internal ultrasound um, to check mm-hmm. the cervical mm-hmm. length. And everything was fine, but you know, like with these things, it was already just like I was super stressed out the whole time. Um, no kidding. In addition to, and yeah, yeah. In, in addition, addition to addition a whole to, pandemic. <laughs> right, right. And so it's like I'm oh, convinced man. I'm going to go into early labor, and like you know, none of those things ended up happening. Like at the last meeting with the high-risk doctor, I mean, I had been there probably twelve times. He walks in, he goes, "Oh, I got good news and bad news." And he said, good news is everything looks fine. Bad Mm -hmm. news, this is the most boring child I've seen in a long time. And he was like, (laughs) I was like, hold on, wait a minute. This is a little bit of a roller coaster here. And he was like, no, everything's great. Like, you have a healthy kid. I mean, everything's perfect. You're healthy. Mm -hmm. Everything's fine. It's really Um, all good news. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But he's like wearing this this N95 mask that is turned horizontal. So like the peak of it. And he looks like a duck. (laughs) oh my gosh so I was you know it's like all of these serious things and then like something silly like that happens and it's Mm -hmm. it's I don't know I just tried to find the humor in all of the like the stress of it all you know absolutely Um, yeah I think when everything shut down I was ending all of the visits with the high risk and so it's like I had Mm -hmm. been through all of the, the roller coaster of like expecting bad news every time I go in there for two weeks and then it's like almost immediately the visits get cut off Mm-hmm. because, and I wouldn't say cut off because it was every other visit. And so mm-hmm. to me, it's like feeling that they needed to monitor me so closely for so long. And mm-hmm. then I would go then a month between visits. I, it was a little bit unnerving. Um, and luckily everything was, was with the pregnancy was okay. That would definitely you be know, a change but, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, and I definitely am a person who just excessively worries. So. <laughs> Uh-huh. That was not great. Um, you know, but but it was nice that I was home. And, you know, so with the connective tissue disorder that can cause early labor, it also, um, so hypermobility is, is the main issue that I experience. And it's basically mm-hmm. managed just with diet and managing inflammation and not like partially dislocating like joints all the time, which has happened in okay. the past. Um, but part of that was once the relaxin and the pregnancy kicked in, my already mm-hmm. extra loose, everything in my body became even more loose. 
And so like the relaxin, I don't know if you're familiar with that, is a hormone that your body produces to make sure that your body is lax enough to push out a human, you know, so it loosens up your pelvis Mm -hmm. and all of these other great things. But for me, it was just too much. And so I ended up with my SI joints, like popping in and out all the time and causing a ton of pain. And then, um, Mm -hmm. which still is affecting me um, a year out. And uh, so I I went to the chiropractor a lot. (laughs) That was, Mm -hmm. that was pretty nice. And then I ended up with SPD, which is symphys, I don't know, pubis disorder or it's like the same thing happens to the front of your pelvis and -hmm. it just feels like it's it's being separated and I know that like pain with that tends to get better when you walk more at least that's Mm -hmm. what I was told in my OB and it never happened so it's like I was just at home sitting around all the time Mm. (laughs) so in 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 that light you know the pandemic offered me a little bit of a an opportunity to like just take it easy and not have to do things while I was Mm -hmm. Very pregnant and very uncomfortable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, with, I mean, with that much pain yeah. going on, that must have been hard to not focus on when you're stuck at home and that's yeah. all yeah. you're kind of doing and day in nice. and day out. Yeah. No, it was definitely a lot. And and I was so paranoid that, like, I wouldn't – I mean, I would take Tylenol, and that, but that was it. You know, I would do, mm-hmm. you know, ice and heat and things that were not pharmaceutical. Like, my, my OB prescribed me a medication that when I went to pick it up from the pharmacy, the pharmacist, like, scared me enough that I didn't take it. So oh, really, um, yeah, I think it was some sort of barbiturate and I was like, I don't, I don't really want to go there. So, mm-hmm. um, we didn't do it. And that was basically what March through July, just sitting at home, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh-huh. just waiting for things to pop in and out. So I guess the last couple of months, you know, I think where the pandemic, uh, other than just being at home all the time started to affect me was part of the connective tissue disorder is that pain medication or like local anesthesia doesn't typically work on me. And so mm-hmm. I was completely paranoid that like I would get into a situation where I needed to have surgery and I couldn't communicate properly that the pain medication wasn't working. Um, you know, if oh, it's wow. happened in the past where I've had dental procedures with like no, all the Novocaine, all the, all the canes mm-hmm. and it doesn't work. And it's been like, pretty like not great not a good time that's terrifying <laughs> yeah yeah so um so that was um my ob wanted me mm-hmm. to have a consult with anesthesia um which did, in, ended up not happening um because the, the hospital was pretty much on lockdown mm-hmm. so you know she was my ob is phenomenal in that she was a constant advocate and always listening to my like babbling about whatever was going wrong and mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know whatever i thought was going wrong and so she um she contacted anesthesia and went over my case and made notes and that. So whenever I got to the hospital, they would first thing page anesthesia and come and talk to me and just make sure that whatever I needed, like I had. Mm-hmm. And so Go that ahead. was really reassuring, you know, and then toward the end, um, the last three visits I ended up because of my age, she wanted to do non-stress tests, which did you ever have any of those? I don't know if anybody, anyone's been on that's had them. Um, I have not. Kendra had uh, a number with hers because hers was also a geriatric pregnancy. And so they had her doing a bunch as well. Yeah. It was interesting. I tried to like research and figure out exactly what was going to be happening other than just like hooking up to monitors. I didn't know. So Mm -hmm. I got, I got to the first one and it was, my OB was on vacation. And so it was a different team, a different nurse and she was brand new. And so she hooks me up and like, (laughs) you hear the heartbeat the whole time. And and they have to turn it up loud enough to where they can hear the machine in case something like it beeps or whatever. 
mm-hmm. and they can come check it and make sure that the baby's fine. And mm-hmm. it was so loud. <laughs> it's like, this is the most stressful thing. How are we calling this a non-stress test? A non-stress test. test. Like, <laughs> But it turned out to be like, it was, he was fine. You know, he Mm -hmm. moved constantly through my pregnancy and he moved so much that, you know, that test and then the next two, they ended up cutting it off early because he was healthy and active, um, which I am incredibly thankful for. So going back to the tests, because I know a lot of people, uh, either they had them or they didn't. Yeah. What, uh, what are they looking for in the non-stress test? What are they actually testing for? They are looking for and this is going back a year of memory, but (laughs) they're looking for the heartbeat pattern and they're looking for it to go up and down in a, in a certain way, you know, and and so the baby's constantly moving and like, it's a kick count. That's what it is. Okay. So whenever, whenever the baby would move, they, they give you this button. It's like Mm -hmm. a jeopardy buzzer and you like (laughs) click the button when I, so you're like laying on your back and they have Mm -hmm. like two monitors, like the hospital monitors, one low and one high and they just you just sit there for 30 minutes and the heartbeat is like registering i think Mm -hmm. there's long printouts and then whenever you feel a movement you click the button and it's i think it's whatever the the, the count is but i far exceeded it to the point where like (laughs) they were not uh, concerned yeah they were not concerned i mean they were yeah they thought it was hilarious i'm like he's brutalizing my insides right now but thank you You know, all of the pregnancy horror stories that people told me, like, are oh, you going to get this bad heartburn and hemorrhoids and all of these, these things I was preparing myself for, like nothing happened. So, <laughs> which is great. You know, nobody told mm-hmm. me that like your pelvic, your pelvis is going to separate and all of, so the things that I experienced, it was interesting. I like, nobody told me that it would potentially would happen. And right. so I, I, because I was on lockdown, you know, I had no ability to go to classes, no like hospital tour. Um, so I just read, you know, read it like every resource I could find of birth stories. I tried to mm-hmm. educate myself as best, you know, as I could. Um, mm-hmm. So I just, I don't know. That was just an interesting point that I took that. And, and maybe that, that just is it something that continues through the rest of my story is that everything that I expected to happen, like didn't and all of these other things happen. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it is hard when you're doing your own research, uh, when yeah. you're using things like Reddit and YouTube and, you know, yeah. the, hopefully the stories, if you could find, you know, a podcast or something that had birth mm-hmm. stories on it that you could listen to and hopefully have some general idea of what could put, like possibly happen. Um, right. But then there's a whole, you know, list of other things that could happen. So it just was whatever you happened to stumble upon was your yep. knowledge base. Exactly. So I... I I really wish that we could have had classes and could have had, you know, a hospital tour. That would have been really nice. But, Mm -hmm. you know, c'est la vie. (laughs) So I think my my due date was July 18th. So as we were getting closer to that date, um, you know, we did a couple of cervical checks. And I think I had three weeks to go. And I started, I was at a two and a half centimeters dilated. Mm -hmm. And my baby was like, super excited that I was going to go into labor early. Um, there mm-hmm. was a little bit of mystery around my due date. Like we, it changed three times and that oh. was all about like my cycle is pretty irregular. So we locked in the 18th and mm-hmm. I mean that, that got locked in pretty early and 
the next visit, like I hadn't dilated anymore and I started going into false labor. So I had contractions pretty regularly. Mm -hmm. Um, like I started to time them and then they they stopped and then like the next day that would happen and -hmm. the next day. And it's like a couple of weeks that starts happening. And my OB was like, do you want to schedule an induction? (laughs) You know, at that point where I live, it's, you know, it gets upper nineties, like a hundred degrees in the summer Ooh. and anything mm-hmm. over 68, like I was just melting. Like I was yeah. not happy. Like, <laughs> I'm not having a good time. <laughs> I feel that. And I feel that. Yeah. So I was like, <sighs> I wanted to do this whole thing without interventions if, if possible. But I think mm-hmm. I was just to the point where I was like, get, get the baby out, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and my mom, so with this, I know I keep going back to this connective tissue disorder, but um, it's called Ehlers-Danlos. If, Mm-hmm. You know, if anybody's curious. So some people can go into labor super early. And my mom, one of my aunts, my mom's grandma, like it goes up the chain of people who have had it in my family and nobody mm-hmm. goes into early labor. And like mm. my mom was with my brother, I think was a couple of weeks late with me. She was three weeks late. I was an 11 oh, wow. pound baby. Oh and my goodness. <laughs> 11 pounds. Exactly. <laughs> um, my mom had, I was born in a situation like where there was no anesthesiologist available. Like it was my mom's a hardcore. Yeah. No um, kidding. Yeah. So uh, with my age and with that family history, she's like, I don't want you going any really much past your due date because, you know, as you go each day presents more risk of the placenta, you know, aging out basically like mm-hmm. it only has such a, a lifespan in it. And right like with your family history of going over, like we don't want to do that. And so she scheduled my induction for my due date. Um, mm-hmm. She just happened to be on call that, that weekend. And so I went in on a Saturday morning. Like that was, it was like, I worked up until that Friday. Like I worked from home um, mm-hmm. and then I didn't take any time off. Like I should have, but I didn't, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I like, like work to me is, I'm passionate about it. I love it. And it's calming. Mm -hmm. So I would rather just like do that than sit Mm -hmm. and like spiral. (laughs) Absolutely. All of the things that could potentially happen. Mm -hmm. So Um, knowing your, your due date and this induction date, were you feeling like prepared? Were you feeling uh, all of (laughs) that? I mean, I was like, I had, I had read a ton. I mean, as much preparation that I could have done in this situation, I did. Like mm-hmm. our hospital bags are packed. I, I was as prepared, prepared as I could have been. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it, under the circumstances, I didn't sleep much the night before, and I woke up at like three a.m. <laughs> oh man! So I was just I was like excited, like I was excited to meet this little guy. And, Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I was I was super excited, and you know, so we go in. Like, I get up and I cook breakfast. Like, it's just a normal day. You know, like, I make mm-hmm. bacon and whatever. And, you know, load up the bags and get in the car and just, like, drive 10 minutes to the hospital. That must have been so surreal to be like, okay, just going to yeah. make breakfast and like, go meet my baby. <laughs> yeah. Just pop, like, I don't even remember. What we, I don't think we did the dishes. Uh-huh. <laughs> our, our neighbors came to – we have a cat and our neighbors um, – came and, and took care of him while we were in the hospital. And, like, mm-hmm. I came pretty sure they did the dishes for us. Oh, that's sweet of them. <laughs> because then, like, I, you know, in typical, like, me, I'm just, because of who I am as a person, I'm always late. And um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was, like, ended up getting to the hospital at, like, 7.05. And uh, I wouldn't, 
technically we're considered a rural city and so our hospital like is it has a NICU it's the only one in the whole region that has one okay um but it's pretty small and so like it's a birthing center but it's a actual oh, okay. hospital you know it's mm-hmm. so it's this cute little building that has like three parking spaces out front and of course they were all full mm-hmm. when we go there of course and I expected to just be dropped off at the front entry and be whisked in and like that didn't happen like we went and found a parking space and like I waddled in uh-huh. Um, and it was really cute. Like there, there were stickers on the concrete that were like motivational messages. Like you're almost there. You can do it only a few more steps. Uh, and I'd imagine that like women who are in labor, like that's so motivational. And I'm like, that wasn't mm-hmm. me. <laughs> Cause it was just, you know, I'm just waddling in. Yeah. You know, but we go in for the COVID screening. Like we had masks, um, mm-hmm. our, because of where we were, our numbers weren't really bad. Like Portland was really bad at this time and we're you know four and a half hours from portland so it wasn't as strict we didn't have to do covid tests um we did a temperature screening and we had masks um, that mm-hmm. we had to keep on i was able to take mine off once we got in the room like i didn't for a while i don't i don't know why um but uh, my partner had he had to keep his on the whole time Okay. Which they ended up being a little bit lax about. But, you know, check-in was super easy because it's so small. I mean, I, I feel fortunate that I was in this small place because it, it really, like, kept the worry down about um, transmission. And, and this wing is, like, isolated. And there's mm-hmm. I, only the anesthesiologist crosses over. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. lab people, but I'm, I think it's pretty pretty separated. And I'm sure at that time they were really trying to keep things separate. and And I'm sure everyone, all the, you know... People coming in to give birth were, you know, at home and trying to be safe as well. So I, I can yeah. see where that would be really reassuring. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we were technically allowed one visitor um, mm-hmm. for a while. It was no visitors. Like I would have loved to have had a doula. Um, mm-hmm. We didn't even like call for a consult because at the time we like we couldn't have one. And then they mm-hmm. they, they opened it up like right before that. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, but we took, during labor, you can't have anybody, but in in recovery, you could. Okay. Yeah, it was a little confusing. Um, Mm -hmm. Did you plan on having anybody there? I would have liked to have had my mom, um, Mm -hmm. but not, like, not not in labor. Like, I would have liked for her to come Mm -hmm. after. Um, I know I didn't want anybody in the room. Like, I don't need your opinions. I don't. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm a pretty pri- private person. You know, I don't, I just, no, I, I need things to be calm. And like, I just wanted to sure. be with my team. Like my, my OB was phenomenal. And, you know, mm-hmm. my partner, like he's my rock and that's all I wanted. Um, mm-hmm. So I was the same way. That was mm-hmm. another, yeah. So that was another thing that the pandemic offered. I mean, it's like this horrible thing that has these little slivers of, I don't know, silver linings, but nobody, yeah. nobody had to hassle me about like being in the room because it was mm-hmm. like, no, this is a boundary. You can't, can't have right. people in there. So don't even ask. You, you didn't even um, have to have the conversations with people and yeah. you know, yep. yeah, yep. you didn't have to create the boundary. Like it was there for you already. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So we, it was, the ward was pretty quiet when we got there. I think there was maybe only one or two other women in there. They took us right in. Like we didn't, mm-hmm because it was an, you know, an induction, like there, we didn't have to wait for cervical check. I think you were stuck in this tiny room for hours. Um, they took us mm-hmm. right to our suite. Oh, nice. So <laughs> we, I worked on a birth plan. Sorry if I'm skipping around, but I worked on a birth plan with my OB 
which mm-hmm. I was pretty lax about. I was like, literally all I care about is that we're healthy at the end. Like I have preferences, but it's all negotiable. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Turns out to be the one thing that I was like stuck, stuck with or stuck on was mm-hmm. I didn't want to wear a hospital gown. Like I needed to bring my own clothes. I had a, oh, a okay. hospital stay like five years ago. That was pretty traumatic. And I, I just like, I couldn't deal with that like high neck of a gown and the scratchy mm-hmm. material like I just that was something that I needed for comfort mm-hmm. and my OB was totally fine with it and so I made sure to get something that had access and it ended up being like this $12 target dress that was like oh jersey. really yeah it was like you know because you could pull it up for the monitors and, and didn't care if something happened to it and so the nurse mm-hmm. when, when I checked in the first thing she asked me to do was change into a gown and I was like no thank you and then so we mm-hmm. went a couple rounds and I was like, please, like, this is something, this is the only request that I have. Mm-hmm. And I think she kind of got a little upset with me. It ended up being fine. That was just the one thing that I needed. And mm-hmm. um, she, apparently that's just not common. <laughs> uh-huh. um, I told her, I was like, you, you can cut it off of me. I don't care if it gets messed up. It was, and I just kept telling her, I was like, it's $12. I don't care. Right. Exactly. Um, Eventually um, she allowed it and everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And okay. and yeah, and like my nurses were great. Like like everybody was wonderful who who was there. My nurse the, who I had that day was she was phenomenal. So they definitely started, they definitely make it. <laughs> yeah, no they do. So we get settled into the first room, um but I guess the blood pressure cuff didn't work and so we had to like pick everything up and go to another room. Mm. Um which ended up being like a much nicer like the temperature was a lot better because I was just a sweaty. It was like just every it was hot. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It was seven o'clock in the morning and I was just hot <laughs> the whole time. Uh-huh. Um, that's like one of the things that stands out to me the most, you know, really, it was just like, I was just hot for months. And they don't keep those enjoyable. rooms cool. They, they keep the no. rooms like pretty warm so that when the baby's born, it's not like freezing in the room. Uh, even though this one, yeah, this one was, I was pretty chilly. Like our oh, yeah? postpartum room was, was, oh yeah. Like I told my partner to bring pants and he wow. didn't. And he was really cold. <laughs> um, he ended up getting, we ended up getting a pair of scrubs um, for him. Like he's, uh. and he had a sweatshirt and, and he was okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, you know, we get settled in and like, so that was seven o'clock, eight o'clock. The OB came in and checked my cervix and I was like at a two and a half. So I was like a two for a couple of weeks. And then I was at two and a half centimeters. And she said that's a pretty good starting point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she was just going to start with the what is it, Cytotec. It's the cervical pill. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's she, that one and Cervidil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We got that going around eight o'clock. They told us to order breakfast. And I was like, second breakfast sounds lovely. I will take it because I don't know. Like, I don't know <laughs> if I'm ever going to be able to eat again. <laughs> you know, yeah. mm-hmm. that was the one common thread that I like saw in all the birth stories that I read and listened to. It was like, if you're offered food, take it. Eat it. Yes. Just take it. <laughs> and it was surprisingly good for hospital food. You know, we were like, obviously I wasn't going anywhere. Um, you know, mm-hmm. my, our, our one guest, my semi partner, he was able to leave, but they really discouraged it. I mean, they said if, if he needs to go home to grab something mm-hmm. or if he needs to go out and get fresh air, that's fine. But like, please don't go to any public places. Like, please don't right. get food. Like don't get food ordered. Um, mm-hmm. so they offered, they're like, they sold it. They're like, yes, you can get free meals, you know, at $8,000 a night. Right. Yeah. Right. But you get a free meal. <laughs> so, so what a deal. Was, yeah, I know. 
so, you know, he got, we loaded him up on second breakfast too. Mm-hmm. And, um, surprisingly good. I just waited. She said she would come back and check me in four hours. And so I, the contractions, like it was a really slow build. Um, mm-hmm. I was, so the, for the first couple of hours, we just sat there and talked and I was able to get intermittent monitoring so I could get up and move around the room, mm-hmm. which was really nice. They didn't, <laughs> they didn't allow us to have um, a birthing ball unless we brought one. And mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not, I'm not lugging that in. Like, I can't, I can't be responsible. I guess mm-hmm. a husband a number of years ago had a, had a birthing ball that he decided was a, like a toy and was playing on it and got hurt. <laughs> and, oh, and so no. he ended up in, in the emergency room and like, I, she didn't tell me any, any additional information, but like uh-huh. that was, so I, so there was no ball. Like I would have in retrospect, like that would have probably been nice. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so I just like moved around a bit and, you know, as we get closer to noon, you know, my doctor comes back and checks me and I'm at four centimeters. Um, mm-hmm. And let's see, I started it. Yeah. So two and a half centimeters at a negative four station, which I still am not quite sure what that means. Um, by the time she came back, mm-hmm. I was at, I was at four and a half centimeters and a negative three station. Okay. So that cervical check, like the first one's in, in, in the office you know, several weeks prior, like it was fine. When I got there, it was fine. But this one, I don't know what happened. I mean, obviously my body's preparing for labor, but it was, Mm -hmm. it was so painful. And so like they're talking and they're just like, Oh, it's okay. Like, you know, trying to reassure me. And I was like, not having any of it. Like stop it. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, so I don't like, I didn't hear the rest of the information that she was giving me. And Mm -hmm. then she like pulls out this like crochet hook. She wanted to break my water. And I was just like off in the hallway. I'm not like listening to what she's telling me. And like, she goes Mm -hmm. to do it. And I'm like, hold on, stop. Like, it's just a very dramatic thing in my head. I'm Mm -hmm. like, wait, what are you you doing? And um, we talked about it and she's like, okay, this is the next step. And we're going to break your water. And Mm -hmm. I think I've heard people mention that they think it's going to be like an explosion of fluid. And yeah. it wasn't. It was like this Hollywood and, style. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, she's got like half her arm in there. And I was like, well, that's cavernous. I mean, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> and like, she's like, you know, said it's a tough bag. And I was like, well, that's kind of offensive, but okay. Um, <laughs> that's a new one. So it's just like, yeah. yeah. I was like, you're a tough bag, you know? Um, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, so it just, I don't know, just this trickle of nothing, you know, over the next mm-hmm. hour or so. Um, okay. And it's just like, I'm like waiting for something really like significant to start happening and it doesn't. So I decided like, I'm going to take a bath. I had been waiting mm-hmm. for months to take a bath. Like I like really hot baths and you can't do that when you're pregnant. And I was like, just mm-hmm. I have a tiny bathtub at home and this is a luxurious like jetted tub. It was super mm-hmm. deep. And, and I had a friend Perfect. who delivered there a couple of years prior and she was really saying, I mean, she labored basically until she pushed, she labored in, in the tub Okay. and it was like this wonderful experience for her. And so I get in, I'm like, this is great, you know? Mm-hmm. And then it got just hot. <laughs> it, got, it, was, mm-hmm. it was like this, I had, I, so I had IVs in both hands. Um, one was for the fluids in case I wanted an epidural. And mm-hmm. the other one was like with the connective tissue disorder, there's a chance that you could bleed extra. Mm-hmm. So they had a second, I so had an IV in both hands and I was so hot that the tape that was holding them on just like fell off. 
And oh, I was wow. like, well, that's over. Like, that's mm-hmm. garbage. And so I get out of the tub by myself. Like, I was like, I don't want help. I don't, I just don't mm-hmm. want people touching me. Like, this is, this is a mess, <laughs> you uh-huh. know? So I get out, I get myself cleaned up. And this was my first experience with the mesh undies, like, just to keep mm. fluids mm-hmm. from, and it was amazing. It was like, <laughs> the internet hyped them so much. And I was suspicious. It's like, these probably aren't that great. Mm-hmm. I was surprised. Let's just say that. They're, they're comfortable and they're effective. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and like, as I was in the tub, though, the contraction started getting pretty bad. And I think that's probably why things changed me and why I started sweating. Like, I, might, I just, it got real in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I probably danced around, the, like, I, that's what I wrote in my notes that I, like, hadn't looked at for years. I da- literally danced around the room, like, just moving around as much as I could. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I turned off all the lights. So I was like, I want just no additional stimulation, like, just doing the breathing and moving around as much as possible mm-hmm. um, for, I don't know, another two hours. And then it got just gnarly. Like, my body, when presented with that much pain, because mm-hmm. I already have the SI stuff and the SPD stuff, and it's, like, right. the contractions on top of that. It's, like, I couldn't get, like, the peanut ball was a hard pass. Like, it, it's so painful. And mm-hmm. there was nothing I could do at that point to, like, keep it under control all the tools that I thought I had you know mm-hmm. it didn't it wasn't working mm-hmm. and so I was like all right I'm tapping out like get the epidural let's do it and you mm-hmm. know I was like dry heaving at that point it's just it was pretty bad so that is really rough yeah yeah and it's like I I know that billions of other women have experienced it and pushed through it's just like this is this is where I'm at this is what we're gonna do <laughs> It's what you needed. Yeah. I think that's totally fair. Yeah. And it was, it was funny because it was the whole, my whole time being pregnant. I was like, I have no hesitation about drugs. Like we're going to go, I'm just going to check in. They're mm-hmm. going to knock me out for four days. <laughs> <It'd be great>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that mm-hmm. was not an option. Um, right. I don't know. So if something, I don't, I was just, I don't know why I thought that I needed to prove something mm-hmm. and push through pain that just, I had also read, I guess, that it can potentially stall labor. Um, so I think mm-hmm. all of these factors in my head, I just thought that I needed to push through without it. And, um, you know, but once I asked for it, it was like a relief of like, okay, I know, I know that this is going to end. I know I can get through each contraction and at some point mm-hmm. it's going to stop. And yeah, yeah there was so, an end point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the anesthesiologist comes in and, I think I remember somebody else was saying that their partners couldn't be in the room. My, that, my husband could not. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it's just, it's so interesting to me that at this hospital with this staff, like they had my partner, he's, you know, very tall and muscular and like a steady person. And, and mm-hmm. they had him hold me rather than like a small nurse, you know? So he was, oh, nice. he was essentially like stabilizing me on the bed mm-hmm. and I'm like perched on the side of it. There was like monitors and just, she was just, in, yeah, it was I, the whole process of doing that was like kind of disorienting because it's like hooked up to monitors. Um, you're in a, a you're like pushing through contractions. It's like, there's lights on, there's a bunch of people in there and it's like, now get on the side of the bed and don't move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be um, incredibly still and like, Hardly yeah. breathe. Don't have a contraction. Yeah. Don't do anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so he, he got it in. He was really fast and like super steady. And 
got it mm-hmm. in at I think it was at like four o'clock. It didn't work. Oh and no! My whole like fear the whole time that I was pregnant was that I was gonna really want pain relief and I couldn't get it because of mm-hmm. this like deep, this issue that I have. And so, you know, the nurses kept asking me, like, where's your pain point? And I'm like, I don't know, man. It's like, I was getting really cranky at that point. I was like, it just Mm -hmm. hurts. Like, I'm like, describe to me, do you have numbness? And I'm like, I mean, it feels the same. Like, my contractions, like, got a little bit better, and then it got worse again. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it's more than a five, not quite a ten. I don't know. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Take take it what you will. And I was like. I am not comfortable. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, they're like, well, you have a bolus, uh, I think is what the term is. And it's like this little button Mm -hmm. that you can push um, every so often. And I just like laying there for a couple of hours just on my side. They kept like switching sides to see if that would help it distribute. And I was just Mm -hmm. like, every time I could push the button, I push the button. It's like, give me, give give it to me. (laughs) Right. And it didn't work. And I was just like, I just remember gripping Ugh. the rails, just like white knuckling it, you know, and at that point, like I had mm-hmm. been in the bed for so long that like now my SI joints were like partially dislocated. Like they were just pulling further apart. Oh my gosh. And like, he comes back in at like six o'clock and I was like, you're, we're going to try this one more time, please. And, yes. uh, the second time, like I was perched on the bed, you know, like doing the whole breathing through the contraction thing on the ledge. Mm-hmm. And he asked me how tall I was, and I think it was to position the needle again at that point. And it was almost like an instant relief. It was like my legs went numb. I was like almost proposed marriage to him. <laughs> it was... I'm sure it was that he gets asked for his hand in marriage like twice a day. <laughs> no, I'm sure. I'm sure. Oh, that's great. But I did. You know, my partner's just standing there just like, looks totally bewildered he's just watched me go through like you know five mm-hmm. hours of of extreme discomfort and i could just see the stress on his face like it was it was pretty mm-hmm. bad and he was wonderful and like doing as much as he could but like i think once that epidural hit it was it was a relief for me for sure and for him mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. and so um, where did you go you know mentally you were you know very frantic and kind of fearful that your pain management wasn't going to be there once you got that epidural did that you know did that really change your mental and emotional state as well absolutely yeah at that time it was i don't know 6 30 or something and Mm -hmm. it was like i could actually see myself pushing through the rest of this Mm -hmm. you know in my notes that i took so i was writing notes like later that night in the hospital and um I just remember writing, like, I was at a certain point trying to figure out how to convince them all to just push, like, just skip and do a cesarean because I could not, there was no way I could, I just couldn't see myself getting through it in that much pain. Mm-hmm. So, but once the epidural kicked in, it was like, oh, this is fine. Like, cool. Where's my phone? Let's text people and give them updates. You know, it was, <laughs> it was. It's incredible. I think I wrote pure bliss was, was what I wrote in. Uh, so accurate. In my notes. <laughs> That, and that was the last thing that I wrote in my notes, which was pretty funny. <laughs> oh, I love it. I got to that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was, I mean, I think it was in the middle of the night. So I think it was before the second epidural, they uh, they came and wanted to do a cervical check and I refused it. I was like, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. I guess they were having difficulties because this kid moved so much. He, They were having difficulties mm-hmm. picking up the heartbeat or mm-hmm. no, it was the contractions. They couldn't like see how strong the contractions were to see how labor was progressing. 
mm-hmm. and they wanted to do an internal monitor and I like shut it down. I was like, absolutely not. Like not at this point, like you come back and have this conversation with me once, once the epidural kicks in. Um, right. Mm-hmm. And then they came, so I guess once everything calmed down, it was like the, like they were able to see the external monitors were working. Um, mm-hmm. And they came back and checked me and I had progressed to seven um, okay. at that point, mm-hmm. which was right before shift change. And my nurse that I had had all day, like, you know, she did the last cervical check and she's like, all right, you're going to have this baby tonight. Like, I will stop in in the morning and say hi to you guys, but you'll be in recovery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was great knowing you. And she, you know, my new, new nurse came in. She was like an old school, no nonsense. Um, mm-hmm. Just got stuff done. Like, she was great, like in a different way. You know, it was mm-hmm. really interesting getting getting to know these different providers, you know, in their way of, of dealing with situations where like, you're just not at your best and you're super vulnerable. And absolutely. Um, so then I just stayed at a seven. <laughs> oh man. Like, all night they came in, you know, right mm-hmm. after shift change and we're like, yeah, you should order dinner. Like you're going to have this baby in no time. We'll put the dinner in the fridge. Cause once you have the epidural, like you can't have, like you're cut off. There's no more food. Right. There's like broth. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody was making me this wonderful concoction of cranberry juice and I think it was like 7-Up or Sprite Um, Mm. that was like I highly Mm. recommended that Um, so it was (laughs) that like ice chips and jello which was like lime it was terrible Mm -hmm. Um, but that was it so like we ordered dinner Um, my partner got to eat like I shoved I think it was like a hamburger and like cheesecake totally Mm -hmm. terrible choices so there's this like full meal in the fridge mocking me you know, because we, yeah. <laughs> we're cut off from food. So, mm-hmm. um, so, you know, we knew that that was there and, um, in case we delivered at two o'clock in the morning, like before the cafeteria opened, like I, mm-hmm. it'd be fine. You know, <laughs> that's good. Just that's kept pushing food on us. It was really funny. Like it was just like the grandmother thing to do. Like go eat, you gotta eat. Right. Um, I remember that being really big for me though, too. Cause I, I had my epidural, uh, and then labored for a long time after I got my epidural And I remember like thinking, oh my God, I wish I would have eaten so much more beforehand, like just gotten as much like calorically as possible into my body. Um, And that's, so I get it. I mean, yeah, (laughs) it makes sense, but it is funny, like how much of a focus food is in labor and delivery. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because I don't know, I've never had a hospital stay like this before. And I don't know what hospital meals normally are like, like I visited family members in the hospital and it's usually like, here's your very small tray of food. But mm-hmm. this one was like you get an entree and five sides. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like we never ordered the full five sides. It was really interesting. <laughs> um, and and like, we ate as much as we could just because we knew that it was dependable. Mm-hmm. Anyway, food aside. Um, <laughs> so it's, I don't know, it's like probably eight or nine o'clock. And like they come back and check me and I'm still at seven. We settle in for the night. You know, there's mm-hmm. the dad bench. It was literally just a three inch piece of foam that did not look comfortable mm-hmm. um and I'm a designer so I I work in architecture like this is something that I spend way too much time thinking about <laughs> um, so I was like I was very concerned about like this horrible bench meanwhile mm-hmm. I'm like writhing in pain I'm like yes this, this horrible bench that you're on you know so we settle yeah. in for the night on this thing and he's not getting much sleep I'm not getting any sleep you know there's monitors mm-hmm on me like people keep coming in to check I'm sitting up I'm like turning on my side you know 
Mm-hmm. The epidural, I don't know if it started to wear off or it just, I felt like I started to feel more pelvic pain. Okay. Um, it just built throughout the night. And the, so I was on, I ended up being on, a, I don't know, it, it was, he said it was a double dose and then he changed the cocktail a little bit the second time. Okay. For the epidural. So it ran out faster. So it ran out like two times over the night, which I don't think that they expected because the machines were just <laughs> at some point just like freaked out, started beeping really aggressively at us. Mm-hmm. And nobody came in. I was like, well, I guess I'm dying. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That'd be terrifying, though. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what's happening? And like, I couldn't move to see. And so I was like, I'm like hitting the button. And they like finally somebody. came in. And I'm like, oh, we just, yeah, you just need more more meds. And I guess because of the rate that they're giving them to me, they didn't expect that. You know, and they, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, it just seemed like a surprise that they had to refill them. Mm-hmm. But, like, they kept checking me. And I was still at a seven. And so around, I think it was around midnight, they, they decided to add Pitocin. Um, okay. I'd heard the horror stories, which, you know, whatever. Um, so I wasn't thrilled to get it. But at the same time, like, I'm, like I would like to be done soon. Um, right. So they let me settle in for the night. I did end up falling asleep until the machines beeped at me again. I got probably two hours. And then around five something, my nurse runs in the room. My doctor runs in the room. And they're like checking monitors frantically and saying mm-hmm. the baby is having decelerations. Like he is, it's not good. <laughs> uh-huh. And so I like start freaking out. Mm-hmm. Um, my partner wakes up. He's disoriented because, you know, he's sleeping on his uncomfortable dad bench. And, yes. um, uh-huh. you know, I had been up, like I had at some point been like texting friends and like, oh, everything's fine because I had friends on the East Coast where I'm from and Mm -hmm. they were all awake and in between taking naps and it was kind of a blur, you know, it's like passing the time but trying to get this garbage sleep and then Mm -hmm. this abrupt wake up saying that like shit's hitting the fan. (laughs) Yeah, that's something is not going as planned, right? Yeah, yeah, and so it's like I know like I know to prepare, like prepare for the unexpected and I feel like it's a common enough thing that like I've read about inductions happening and stalling and then the Pitocin and then the baby goes into distress and Mm -hmm. they have to go to surgery. And like, I've read it a bunch of times. I just didn't expect it to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've never had a surgery before. And so I like just started freaking out. I'm like, Oh great. You know? And it's like, they weren't communicating. I think because they were trying to figure out what was happening. Um, right. But it was like, we don't like, we don't have any information. Kurt and I are just sitting, standing there looking at each other. Like what, what, what is going on? Mm-hmm. And she was like, we need, I didn't, I think ultimately I had an option, but like, I didn't have a choice of like mm-hmm. the baby is, he's in distress. Like he is coming out like right now. And so I just like, told them I was like yes like I it's fine let's do it and then they brought me mm-hmm. a piece of paper to sign they brought me something it, I guess there's something they give you to drink people start wiping mm-hmm. down your body with like antiseptic cleaner because it's a sterile environment and then mm-hmm. they swabbed the inside of my nose with what felt like Lysol I'm sure it was not Oof. um mm-hmm. and I was like I need to blow my nose and I'm like mm, you're not doing that and uh, I don't know, they put my hair back and 
um, ponytail and put this like super cool bonnet on me and mm-hmm. um, basically said like we're going and it I was like are we having an emergency and she's like I wouldn't say it's an emergency but like we're going and my OB is like she's the cool cucumber like nothing I feel like rattles her mm-hmm. and I was like okay I see that you're rattled like we're not gonna have like this is not a fight I'm gonna try to <laughs> have with you right yeah you know? so um, what was the what was the time frame from like you waking up to the nurses rushing in to them like rolling you away I mean I was know. that a pretty fast turnaround it was really quick yeah it was mm-hmm. it was super quick at that point I had been awake without a lot of sleep and so everything felt more um intense I would mm-hmm. say and the timeline I'm just like I'm still grasping and I don't have I don't have a recollection I know that it was quick though mm-hmm. um you know they took <laughs> the dress the $12 target dress <laughs> I was like you guys can cut <laughs> it off like I'm not attached it's fine you can take I don't need it you right. know because they were like having mm-hmm. some discussion about like I was like just push it up you know so they ended up just pushing it up mm-hmm. um I was like, really, guys, it's fine. Like, you can take it off. <laughs> I'll get another one. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. I never wore it. was, like, way too big when I bought it. And just, like, it happened to be that you couldn't shop for maternity clothes during this. And, like, mm-hmm. I just had this dress that was way too big. And, like, it was the perfect maternity dress. And mm-hmm. so, like, I wore, I wore it probably every other day while I was pregnant at, beyond mm-hmm. a certain point. And um, so they're, like wheeling me out through the like so it's a birth center it's supposed to be a super calming you know place so it's it's all around this big atrium mm-hmm. uh you know there's a bunch of people out there they're all like medical personnel mm-hmm. and so they wheel me they're wheeling me through and it's like from one kind of flooring to another and I'm like irrationally angry about that I think because I'm going back into it's what I do for a living and so it's like I'm angry that the transition strips are like keep making my bed bounce and it like hurts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was sure. like, this is, this is upsetting to me. <laughs> it was so <laughs> weird where I went. I was like, I'm going to think about like that instead of like what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. And I like get in, they wheel me as soon as we get into the operating room, <laughs> like, they take off all of the blankets and I'm just there like sweaty sobbing totally naked in this Mm -hmm. room that's now full of people I was like well this is not what they show on like Grey's Anatomy like no yeah talk about vulnerable (laughs) yeah totally and it's those rooms are always dramatically lit and it's like dark everywhere except for right over the surgical area and it's like this Mm -hmm. calm place and it was not calm it was like stage lighting it was really cold and I get mm-hmm. that they need to keep the sterile environment. I just like never prepared myself for that. Nobody told me that that was going to happen. There just wasn't time. And like I had, it's funny going back 20 years in high school, I remember having a conversation with my best friend who, and she thought this was hilarious when I told her after. We found out, I think in health class that when you have certain medical events, they just like take off all your clothes. And I was like, mm-hmm. Patty, you have to promise me that if that ever happens, like you don't let them take off my clothes. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't there. You weren't there to keep my dress on. Yeah. 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 
So it's, I mean, it's like, what did they have to do? Like, these, they have seen right. this a million times. Like, this is nothing special. I just, like, I don't know. That's where I was at my head, you know, just trying to get but, through this moment. But that's the first time for you. So, you know, yeah. you yeah. having that type of yeah. reaction to it, yeah, it would be absolutely natural. Yeah. And so I just, like, remember making eye contact with, with one of the surgical techs, and I was just, it was, like, I don't know. It was really weird and mm-hmm. um, definitely, like, the scariest, probably the scariest moment ever. And ultimately, though, like, my my doctors were great and mm-hmm. everything was fine. And, like, I had read about the actual procedure so many times. I knew what was going to happen. And mm-hmm. so we'd get over to the table. They transferred me. I, like, stuck out my arms to the side on this little – they didn't strap me down, but, like, that, I guess in the event they needed to, they could have. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't reach – forward like I knew the cloth was going to be there like I knew about the pressure that was going to happen um mm-hmm. like I knew medically what to expect mm-hmm. we just didn't expect any of that transition stuff so it was like still right. focusing on that um you know and my like magic anesthesia man he was back and he <laughs> is like my OB is super calm and he also is was really calm and I guess you just must have that characteristic to to thrive in, in that environment and be good at what you do and I mm-hmm. really appreciated that in the moment you know and I just remember telling him I was like I can feel it I can still feel what she's doing and he was like mm-hmm. you know that's like it's he was really assuring he's like that's just the pressure she was like she's already I guess they test to make sure that the anesthesia is working um with a clamp of some sort and they like pinch you pretty hard I mean I had a really good bruise from that thing oh okay and like I didn't even know she did it and I had, I had, I couldn't feel that. I was feeling the mm-hmm. pressure of her touching me. I could feel like some sensation on my skin, but other than that, it was basically from, I don't know, the chest down, like no feeling mm-hmm. whatsoever. It was stronger than the epidural. Okay. I guess he did the spinal block or it was, he put additional mm-hmm. stuff into what was already the epidural um, okay. mm-hmm. access point. And so, you know, Cody comes in and he's, freaked out and we just look at each other and like he's got a mask on and which I think he would have had anyway but like like, it was just it was interesting it was like this is our COVID birth right here with your mask Mm -hmm. up and um he tries to like reassure me and give me a kiss and I was like but you have a mask on (laughs) (laughs) but it was it was like it was having him there was I mean I'm Mm -hmm. so glad that that we lived in an area where I was allowed to have him. I, I can't imagine getting through that without him. Mm-hmm. So she starts the procedure and it felt like forever, but it, I mean, it was pretty quick. And then I just hear this little cry. And it's the most amazing sound <laughs> I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. It really is. Yeah. And it was like this, I didn't expect it, like this flood of emotions. Like I still feel like whenever I talk about it, it was just like this, I don't even know how to describe the feeling of like shock and, and just love. And just the fact that like, he's finally earthside mm-hmm. and like, I get to meet, meet him soon. Like it mm-hmm. wasn't how I wanted to do it, but it happened. And he was finally here after all of the like, pain and stress and the world melting down around us like mm-hmm. we have this guy and he's here <laughs> right. he didn't have a name yet 
you know, okay. we had a list, we had a list of names and we got staff opinions and we were just like, we don't know, we don't, we, we don't like, <laughs> see him and see how, he, how his personality is, you know, as a little yeah. newborn potato, like. Yeah, you gotta meet him first. You gotta know. Yeah. Yeah. And they like, so they whisked him away and, and I was, I was getting like stressed out. Mm-hmm. who I am as a person um, <laughs> because I they weren't like I don't know you expect to play like a narr- like a, like a sports narrative giving you the play by play of like doing this and the Apgar scores are this and like I there was none mm-hmm. of that like Cody went over and he was with the baby and like I heard him say he looks just like dad and I was like oh my god wonderful mm-hmm. he did um, it was really cute it looked like and my dad it was an interesting mix um and they're like, wow, she's mama grows them big. And I was like, oh, great. So he's probably a 12 pounder, <laughs> you know, like bigger than me. And that's why he w- wouldn't come out. And it mm-hmm. turns out that he was only, I mean, I should say only, he was eight pounds, 11 ounces. Um, so he was like a big, it's a big pretty baby, big, but yeah, pretty big. Yeah. And um, he was full term, you know, and mm-hmm. maybe a little bit longer because we, we had some uncertainty about the date, but he was a big guy and he was healthy and like, there wasn't like a panic in the room or anything. I mean, I feel fortunate that that, that all of the panic leading up to it ended up with like a healthy guy at the end. And it turns out that he had twisted himself. Like mm-hmm. I heard them say transverse and I was like, wait, what? Like I thought that he was like completely sideways, but he wasn't, he had like twisted 90 degrees and then bent somehow. I, I don't know. Um, he, my OB said that he would not have come out on his own like there was no way with his position mm-hmm. and if they wouldn't have taken him out at that point my water had been broken I don't know, whatever the math is probably 18 hours at that point I think 18 hours and yeah, yeah and like that's the danger zone and like with the heart d cells and she's like this would have been a really like we yeah it would have been really bad and so we made the right call um, mm-hmm. you know <laughs> So they, they get him cleaned up and bring him over and Cody brings him over and um, he's just like sticking his tongue out at me. And he like oh. leans it and they, oh. they like put, put his head and he's just got his squinty little eyes and looks like a Benjamin Button, like old man mm-hmm. baby. And with like, a total cone head because he'd been trapped in there for so long. Mm-hmm. And just put his tongue out like, hey mom, what's up? And it, oh my gosh, the best, the best thing ever. And then they took him away because I stole was like cut open on the table and they had to right. wrap that up. And mm-hmm. so they take him to the other room and Cody goes with him and back to freaking out of like, where's the baby? Because <laughs> like, I wanted I wanted right. that like immediate golden hour and I didn't get it. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. So they wrap up the surgery and they're like counting. I really appreciate the thoroughness of them counting all the tools and naming the tools. And I'm like, Thank you for not leaving anything inside. Like, that's all <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, then, you know, they, I didn't know that they did this. And I know that my blood pressure got really low at some, at the end. And they mm-hmm. tilted the table a couple times. I don't know if that's normal hmm. or if that was just mm-hmm. an effort with the blood pressure. But, like, it literally went side to side. Like, I thought it was oh. going to fall off. But I guess they strap you in, too. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. And... They didn't give me much more. They're like, let's go for a roller coaster ride. Didn't tell me what that meant. I thought we were going oh my back God. to the room. Just like dip to the side. I was like, okay. So next time you should tell somebody. Yeah. That's um, crazy. Yeah. 
yeah not not great um you know and so we wheel they wheel me back across all of the threshold now I don't care because I can't feel them um Mm -hmm. can't feel the bumps and I get back into the delivery room and there's just like a baby now that (laughs) your baby our baby like he's there like I can touch him I couldn't though because my blood pressure was still really low and I I couldn't sit up Mm -hmm. um but they brought him to me and they put him on my chest and and then my nurse my nurse who was like bye I'll see you later like Mm -hmm. expected to just come check in like she was this was seven o'clock so shift change was happening and Mm -hmm. she like it I don't know it was asking time after seven so she was surprised that I had just delivered you know Mm mm-hmm so it was nice to have her back and yeah. uh, tried to do breastfeeding, which was a hot mess. Oh, yeah? <laughs> because I was still, I was flat on my back. Like, she, they were, oh, she yeah. was very insistent. She was like, this needs to happen. Like, he was, I just, he was like rooting around and mm-hmm. I couldn't see anything. So I have a pretty large chest and mm-hmm. with the angle of being flat on my back, I couldn't like see anything. And so. Right. I mean, it's hard enough when you're sitting up, let alone like laying down would be really difficult. Yeah. So I was, I was pretty mad. I was like, you, like, I'm telling you that I can't see and you're like jamming this baby on me and like you're ruining Mm -hmm. this like special little moment, like chill. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No kidding. (laughs) Yeah. Eventually they let me sit up and like, we got it and like the rest of my stay in the hospital breastfeeding was really a challenge and Mm -hmm. I probably had five different, all of the nurses I think were trained as lactation consultants, the ones in recovery mm-hmm. and then just other people who were lactation consultants came. I think I saw five or six people and I had the same complaints mm-hmm. and it was very frustrating the whole time I was in there. Um, but in that moment I didn't like, it was fumbly, you know, I was not like you read all of these things mm-hmm. and then you go to do it this tiny little floppy baby. (laughs) Right. Did you feel like you had like really researched breastfeeding and because that was one thing I had mentioned in mind that I, I wish that I would have like done more for like postpartum. So like the breastfeeding and everything, I didn't research as much as I did for labor and delivery. I would say that's the, that's same, the same for me. And Mm -hmm. I, I just feel like I didn't know where to look and, and, I don't know, saying that in retrospect, I'm sure there were places I could have gotten information, but mm-hmm. but it's all conflicting. It solo, like not having, well, yeah, and not having like, I don't know, I want a cruise director to tell me what to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't have that. I didn't have like classes, God, that'd be nice. You know, and so, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, so I, I thought I read enough. People have advanced degrees and and dedicate their whole career to learning this. And then like, I've got what eight months you know right that's mm-hmm. not that much time in in the grand scheme of things so yeah so we get through the first like a little bit of breastfeeding and like we just the three of us snuggled like they I think did some additional measurements or checks on the baby like I have pictures I don't really remember I was so out of it um mm-hmm. uh I have pictures of the nurse like working over him and like my partner was like peeking over super cute and like Mm -hmm. and they give him back and we just we hung out for a couple of hours 
and then they transferred us to the postpartum room which I don't know why I was surprised that they would take us out of that room and send us somewhere else mm-hmm. <laughs> but they did and so right. uh, yeah I want to say that they put us in a wheelchair or I don't know I don't even remember we, we went yeah, probably to another so they wheel us over and we get in there it, it is so hot it's like hor- post like hormones it's mm-hmm. a south-facing room like it is super hot they don't have mm-hmm. any- anything covering the window other than like cheap mini blinds and I'm like you guys know what's coming what is what is going on and so they they were very <laughs> uh-huh. like quick to turn on the air conditioning um the nurse passed me off like I was sad to see her go but the postpartum nurses were really really sweet they get us settled in the hamburger does not make the transfer. I was very sad about that. Oh um, no! <laughs> oh, I'd be, I, I think, would be devastated. <laughs> I think the cheesecake. Well, at this point, it's like seven or eight. I don't know. It's like the cafeteria is open. Like we can get fresh That's food, true. but like my That's... my hamburger of like my of celebration never it never got consumed. <laughs> very sad about that. Uh-huh. Um, not really. <laughs> so we get over and we get settled in. I've got this binder on and Mm -hmm. it's very hot. I guess to prevent blood clots from happening, they have these sleeves that fit over your leg and that massage Mm -hmm. in a a way um, Mm -hmm. every couple of minutes. And so it's like, I'm locked into the bed. I can't, I saw the catheter. Like I'm I'm, for the next 24 hours, like I'm not allowed to move, which Mm -hmm. was hard. Um, And so I just get to like hang out and hold this cute little baby and be exhausted and text people and take pictures and mm-hmm. um, that was kind of in the first day it was a blur I mean I remember being very tired and I I didn't get any sleep that first day in recovery so I mean I've been up now at like 36 hours mm-hmm. at that point and just being completely exhausted you know but now there's a baby we have a human to care for and he's got a right. diapers changed and I couldn't get out of bed though so dad like he he did all of that and it was really cute watching this like huge guy with huge hands and this tiny little baby oh like the (laughs) smallest diapers you've ever it was just oh the best Mm -hmm. um it's so cute you know it was pretty cute and um i guess i got some sleep that first day then like the people started coming through and it was like the lactation consulting and it was like the new nurses Mm-hmm. And we would try to order food and because all of the rules kept changing during the pandemic, it was, I guess, now was the guest or the spouse is not allowed to have food. And mm. I had to argue with somebody like, no, these are, this is what I was told yesterday. And it ended up like, I guess people just weren't aware of the, I don't know, but mm-hmm. it seemed like every time we went to order food, it was, it was a, like a fight, whether or not. I was like, just add it to the bill. I mean, I will give you my credit card. Like, do I do yeah. cash? What do you want? We need to eat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know how that, you were in the hospital a while, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know that the the cycle of you have to track the diapers and you have to track how much you're breastfeeding. And, you know, I, I was on painkillers because of surgery. And so mm-hmm. it's like, I'm not, I'm not like in my best state you guys I'm exhausted and now I have to do homework right. and fill oh, yeah. out and the they, chart yeah they ask you every they're coming in 
like every like hour or two hours and they're asking you a whole list of questions about what just happened and then they kind of confirm what happened before then and that was really difficult to try to keep track of I yeah that was really hard yeah and I think this was like this was the part that I was like salty about and I feel like I'm still salty about it it was just that like they wouldn't let me rest and Mm -hmm. I understand that like you need to chart information and you need to make sure that we're both healthy but it was to the point where I felt like it was just harassment even though I like everyone that I know has had a baby is after the fact told me they felt the same way and Mm -hmm. I don't know like somewhere in my research I never uncovered that 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 was gonna happen (laughs) I didn't realize it was gonna be to that extent I knew that they'd be coming in to check on baby all the time but I thought they'd kind of like sneak in a little make sure everything is okay sneak out but I mean they come in and they're like hi how are you okay now I'm gonna do this and like trying to have a full conversation with you and and I mean I didn't have a major surgery but I you know I was exhausted and I can't imagine also trying to deal with, you know, coming out of all the various anesthesia and pain meds of surgery and trying to do that. That must have been really difficult. Yeah, it was not great. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm not one to take too much medication. And and the area where I live has a tremendous opioid problem. And I don't know if I, like, mentioned the video Mm -hmm. on the website of the hospital there was no hospital tour video. It was just like how they manage mothers who have babies who are addicted to a substance. And so that is a huge awareness with the staff here, understandably. And so there was, Mm -hmm. it seemed like there was an extreme hesitancy to give me pain medicine. Mm -hmm. Um, And I respect it. Understandably. Yeah. Was Mm -hmm. not great. And so I had to, I had to like beg for ibuprofen practically. And Mm it was nice that they would would write the dosages that were upcoming on the board, but then they mm-hmm. just wouldn't bring it. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't <laughs> trying to figure mm-hmm. that one out. But they would show up and take our temperature, but they wouldn't bring it. Like, I would have to ask for pain medication. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. We just got into this cycle of, like, catnapping and just trying to make it through. And we got one, we were allowed to have one guest, and we ended up having uh, my partner's brother come. Um, mm-hmm. My family had gotten a COVID exposure, and so mm. my dad and brother worked together. Um, mm-hmm. And so it was somebody that my brother had come in contact with, and so like the whole family now on my side was like shut down. <laughs> they all uh-huh. had, like until next week until they got negative COVID tests. So I like it would have been really nice to have my mom come in and just sit and like hold the baby and while we slept, mm-hmm. but that wasn't an option for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was also, I mean. My brother-in-law's amazing. We're not married, but, like, he's amazing. And, like, he's... It was really nice to have a visitor. We had just been through hospital and did surgery and, like, not sleeping. And then we get to share our baby with somebody. And it was... Yeah. I wasn't expecting to enjoy it as much as I did. So that was... It was nice to have him there. And then my family didn't have to, like, fight over who got to come. (laughs) So Right. You know, because we could Mm -hmm. only have one. You know, he only ended up coming one time. The next... He wasn't going to come again the next day. I was just, I was so exhausted. And, and mm-hmm. that first night, you know, it's like I'm enamored with this little baby. And I just want to hold him the first night. And I did. Right. And he wanted to eat. And he cluster fed all night, basically, because he wasn't getting food. He, like, the mm-hmm. latch wasn't working. I don't know 
if it was like they tell you to do this specific yeah like squish it like a sandwich like there you go sandwich hold it like a sandwich (laughs) like you got well i don't i mean it's not this doesn't look like a sandwich i've eaten and also it's not like you're telling me to hold it in a certain way and you're doing it and i'm doing the exact thing that you are but it's Mm -hmm. still not making the shape that you want like it just doesn't do that Mm-hmm. And I ultimately needed a, like a nipple shield and mm-hmm. I asked probably five different people for one and they all told me no. And I was like, Let's, like the very limited amount of research that I did is telling me mm-hmm. that like other people in my position who have a baby who doesn't have a tongue tie, there was no lip. I had him checked by mm-hmm. like everyone that came in. Mm-hmm. I had one as a baby. So I was like very aware that that could have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, they also they didn't have one, but also he wasn't like latching properly, and so they just basically told me like suck it up and keep going. And by the time I we checked out, mm-hmm. it was a bloody mess. Like it was, oh. it was bad. And mm-hmm. he had lost by the time we left ten percent of his body weight almost. It was like right under the threshold of mm-hmm. not being allowed to leave. Right. Oh man. And so were they giving you any like reasoning as to why they wouldn't give you one of the nipple shields? Because they didn't want it to be a crutch, they didn't want it to like be something that we relied on, and they didn't want it. They thought that it would um, cause mis- mistitis or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. They gave me the, the, risk, the list of reasons why I shouldn't have one, and <sighs> ultimately, when I got out of the mm-hmm. hospital, they offered free lactation consultants with one of the people. I don't remember seeing her, but apparently, I had. And I walked mm-hmm. in, and the first thing she said was, you need a nipple shield. And I was like, I told you. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. And we used it for six months. Like, my supply never established. So we had to supplement. I don't know. I I think I lasted two months of exclusively fed, and it was a nightmare of pumping and, like, mm. triple feeding. And Oh, triple feedings are crazy. Maggie was talking <sighs> about that on her episode. And yeah. I... I can't imagine. I mean, your day is already incredibly cyclical as a new mother. Like just the like feed, diaper, play, sleep, feed, diaper, sleep. Like that's day and night just blur together in that. So adding additional feeding steps to that, that's like a whole different beast. Not great. And so I feel like that could have maybe not have been prevented had I been able to like properly breastfeed from the beginning. I wasn't opposed Mm -hmm. to formula. Like if it got to the point where he dropped too much, like mm-hmm. I would have been happy to supplement, you know. Um, but luckily he didn't. And, you know, bonus was that I got to cuddle with him basically nonstop the two days that I was in the hospital. Like just eating yeah. and so that was nice. I mean it was all like a blur. I'm trying to like give you the play by play of that and I just I can't of postpartum. Yeah. It was just a blur. <laughs> it was a two day blur. Uh-huh. I remember at the twenty four hour mark they said I could get up and have the catheter removed. And mm-hmm. use the bathroom and take a shower, and they're like, "But only if you're steady on your feet, and you have to do it two or three times." Mm-hmm. And that was, I took that very seriously as a personal challenge. Like, I am getting out of this <laughs> bed on my uh-huh. own. This is happening. I am leaving. We're out mm-hmm. of here. So I got up, and the nurse was like, "Wow, you're really strong." And I was like, "Yeah, just I'm very determined." Dang right, <laughs> I am. <laughs> I'm on pain. Like, I gotta go. You know. And, yeah. like, getting up and stretching my legs after basically two days of being in a bed was the most wonderful thing. I <laughs> thought I was going to fall over flat on my face, and luckily I did not. Um, <laughs> but I did it a couple more times and then got a shower, which was, like, 
at this point I had been wearing my twelve dollar I I feel like I'm plugging Target a lot, but this dress <laughs> now it's just funky at this point. I mean it's two days, you know, mm-hmm. like I don't know what's on it. It's bad. And um I finally got to take a shower and it was the the actual like shower stall was not great, but it was a magical experience. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And just doing that and getting clean and washing off all of the like adhesive like from the IVs. I mean, I had it all over my body from monitors and just mm-hmm. I don't know. It was wonderful taking that shower and then like I looked in the mirror and it was oh man, not it was just I didn't look like myself. Like my eyes were sunken in. Like I was just exhausted and it was I kind of I think that I finally registered that what I had just done. Mm -hmm. what you had gone through yeah 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 so we checked in saturday delivered sunday morning so i delivered the morning after my due date Mm -hmm. so that was monday morning that i got to take a shower monday afternoon maybe Mm -hmm. and then that night like we weren't sleeping again like it was the dad couch i should say sofa Mm-hmm. was supposed to fold out but there wasn't room and so and it was like this pleather that had a big rip in the middle and every time he moved uh. like, it made noise he was not having <laughs> didn't have room to stretch out like it was not a great time for either of us mm-hmm. and we just agreed that we were going home in the morning like it like it was happening and so I think earlier that day I had yelled at people to get out of the room because I just wanted sleep like it was the train of people when I say mm-hmm. yell, I mean, like, I asked them politely to give me a break. <laughs> and on yeah. the inside, I was screaming, but I just, you know, I didn't, everybody mm-hmm. was really nice, but I just, I needed them to get out of my room and let me rest. Mm-hmm. And they did. They put a sign on the door that was like, do not enter. So Monday it was, I got the shower and then it was, pediatrician came and the audiologist came to test their hearing. Mm-hmm. It's like state mandated here. Um lab people came, a bunch of lactation people came, I don't know, it was somebody from admin, we had to Mm -hmm. sign a bunch of papers about some, we had to watch videos. Did you guys watch the videos? We didn't have videos to watch, but we had a whole string of like paperwork people that uh, they make sure that they have got their like, the legal name correctly on the paperwork Mm -hmm. and you know, all the sign out stuff and there's like a whole like packet that the nurse goes through that says like, Hey, we went yep. over this, right? Okay. We went over this. Right. And so we did a, a lot of that. I remember. Yeah. It was a tremendous amount of paperwork. And then they had these videos that we had to watch and it was like this antiquated system that you call up with a hotline and get the video number. And then it like linked to the TV and it was play these videos <laughs> that were, <sighs> I don't know. They were, like the sex ed video production quality you mm. know from high school mm-hmm. it was and then it was okay. like, yeah so there was a video about shushing like and it was when it was called purple crying and it was just this guy i don't know i, I mean i was in so many pain colors i don't re- really recall i just remember being completely annoyed that the video was basically shushing a baby for like five minutes gosh <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like this is torture like i have to get out of here yeah, so, super effective. <laughs> yeah, no, like this is not not a very welcoming place. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the baby was healthy. Like he was this magical little guy that we couldn't wait to take home and get get into an environment that was calm and 
mm-hmm. on our own terms. And so Tuesday morning rolls around and my OB came in to check me out. And I was like, I'm going home today. And she's like, oh, you are? And I was like, yeah, no, we're leaving. <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> yeah. And so she's like, all right, let me check everything. And like, we had to wait for one more pediatrician visit and one more lab test. Um, and all mm-hmm. that came back fine. And we got to go home and it, putting him in the car seat. Was like he was just, I, mean, I know he was a big baby, but he was so tiny in there and getting mm-hmm. him locked in. And the nurses carried him out and put him in the car while I sat in the mm-hmm. wheelchair, like waiting outside in a million degree heat. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they, they re like attached the car seat just to, like to check it and uh, or the base of it. And mm-hmm. they put him in and like we left. Oh. On the way home, you know, the, the binder that they give you, I don't know if you've ever seen one, but it's like, basically elastic and very stiff and in the middle it's all joined by velcro and somehow the mm-hmm. velcro came apart at the bottom and ripped out a couple mm-hmm. of stitches so by the time i got oh. home like i'm bleeding and i was like oh, i'm gonna die like this is bad <laughs> very bad and so we settle mm-hmm. in and like my friend brings me some dressings to like take care of it. and i call the doctor and I'm like you're fine like, it's just an mm-hmm. outer stitch like come in tomorrow and we'll check it you know so we get settled in and no that was just the most surreal moment of like we're home we just went through this like thing and we mm-hmm. have this little potato how to take yeah. care of he's amazing and the chillest baby ever i mean i think we got really lucky you know with all of the ups and downs and roller coasters of a birth that kind of went a little bit sideways and then to end up in back in our house and a couple of days later was I don't know it still hasn't really registered to me Mm -hmm. how monumental that was it is it is always incredible to me that after going through it how much of an event labor and delivery and like the hospital and or birthing center or wherever you're you know bringing your baby into the world uh it always amazes me how much of an event that is and then you're just home and it just it just yeah. feels like silence and like home and yeah. there's just, yeah. it's such a stark difference, which is a little startling at first, to be honest. Like, oh man, like what, what do we do? And then it's like, oh, I get to like, I just get to be home with my baby and it's yeah. the best feeling in the world. No, it was wonderful. And it was because of COVID, you know, people weren't coming over. We had one friend who she was like indispensable. I mean, she brought like, I think she made two or three trips over that first night and she wasn't going to come inside to meet the baby because like, she, mm-hmm. I don't know, we were just all being very cautious. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. you run me like three errands and you can come in and meet the baby. And it was like, <laughs> so she was the first person to like outside of the hospital meet him. And then several days went by that nobody got to see him until my family got cleared. It took, like, I think four or five days before they could come. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty cool once they didn't finally get to meet him. I mean, I, I feel fortunate that my family's here and that, you know, luckily their test came up, came back negative. Um, so they did get to meet him. And, and, I mean, everybody was masked. Like, I was super paranoid in case he got a fever, mm-hmm. you know. And I guess with infants, if, they, if it's before one month, if they have a certain level of fever, they have to do the spinal tap. And I was very, like... I preach that to everyone. Like, you need to wear a mask. You need to be careful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, yeah. And then we didn't get to meet my partner's family until he was eight months old. Because they're, wow. they, they live 12 hours away. And that was heart-wrenching. Like, that was just... Mm-hmm. We didn't feel safe. And I wouldn't fly. Still haven't flown. Um, 
I think we Mm -hmm. we might soon, but taking a newborn on a 12 hour car ride is not a great time. I've done it now. I've done it twice. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, that, that was hard not being able to see them, Mm -hmm. but now we have, it almost feels normal again. Almost, almost. And, uh, I've had the, the pleasure of watching your little one grow over this last year and, it's been so much fun getting to kind of have these long distance connections with, with everyone. And yeah, just be able to kind of share the same struggles about not being able to see family or, you know, having to be over, you know, am I being crazy when I'm telling my friends that they can't come over or, you know, whatever it is. And just having that reassurance that, you know, Oh no, there's a whole group of women who are also going through this at the exact same time. So been a very supportive group (laughs) yeah I I mean I would have figured it out what to do but Mm -hmm. like I keep saying I don't know what I would do without the reddit moms I mean you guys have been you've been through it with me Mm -hmm. (laughs) all of us have been have been through this this thing this event together you know and friends who have had had babies outside of this time like all most of my friends have kids and I don't know it's just a different perspective and their kids are old enough to wear masks and, and I feel like I'm being overprotective. I mean, some people have told me like, I need to calm down a little bit about the precautions, <laughs> but you know, it's like the unknown is unnerving. Mm-hmm. And now I have this little human to protect who he can't protect himself. He doesn't know what's happening. And mm-hmm. to know that I'm, that I'm not completely off my rocker on this. <laughs> Yeah, with the support of this community that we we have is has been really good. So thank you guys. Okay. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story and giving us a glimpse into what it was like for you giving birth during a pandemic. Is there any advice that you would give to a new mom or a mom looking kind of at going into labor and delivery soon? Oh, I mean, just take it as it comes. I don't know. I think that was the best advice that I got was to not lock yourself into an opinion of how you think it's going to go because it's not mm-hmm. going to happen. Hopefully yeah. it does. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that was, that was the best advice that I received. I like that. That's so true. And I think that that's kind of a continuing theme among a lot of people's yeah. stories. It's just, you know, I had an idea of what I wanted, but a lot of different details changed that I, I didn't expect. So yeah. Again, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was such a good experience, and I'm a total introvert who typically really doesn't want to do this stuff, but it, this has been really helpful for me, so thank you. Absolutely. That makes that makes my heart so happy to hear. So <laughs> Good. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you back here next week. Bye. Hey, Panda family. Thank you for listening. For episode updates and more, you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Our handle is at... Panda Babes Podcast. That's P-A-N-D-E-B-A-B-E-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Or you can email us at pandababespodcast at gmail.com. I would also love it if you could rate and review the show on whichever app you're currently streaming so other listeners can find the Panda Babes Podcast too. See you next week.